we sort of took the perspective that we wanted the church to be viewed by the community as someone the community wanted here. The park is, a, is really just a development of, of the property that allows people and families to come and to enjoy getting out, doing some healthy things, spend some family time together. And so we want to give back to the community. We want to give families a place to come, a safe place, an enjoyable place. And in doing that, we think we're planting seeds of the gospel. Uh, the church owned this property. It was undeveloped until about three years ago, this portion of the property. And so we're standing in a military honor garden where we wanted to honor military because that's a, certainly a good thing to do. Through the years, we've had a number of uh, events, evangelistic events, ministry events, where we have had partners. Our, our state convention has partnered with us primarily through the state missions offering. And that has helped to provide seed money that gets multiplied, and we're able just to, to do so many more events and so many more ministries. Last year when we began, we had about 700 people from the community that came up here and spent three or four hours. And it was just a fabulous time planting some seeds. We've seen some folks that have connected with the church. Uh, at the end of the uh, Alaska State Fair, which is right across the highway from us, uh, we, we do an event here where we do like a big block party and, and such as that to allow folks to come. We welcome them to come and to observe the fireworks that closes out the state fair. And so, again, we'll have several hundred people up here and provide them hot dogs. We'll, we'll do evangelistic contacts with them and, and encounters and things like that. And, uh, and again, it's a chance to, to just kind of touch the community and let them know, hey, this is a good place, and, and we want to invite you to come. And, and in hopes of that, uh, we get a chance to share Christ with them, uh, particularly here with the park. Uh, the partnership with the Last Baptist Convention has been huge because they have... They've assisted us in getting started on this. Last year when we had that grand opening event, uh, the state missions offering, uh, we were recipients of funds from that, which enabled us to, to touch those 700 people that came in here. The state missions offering is more important than ever. Uh, uh, and, it, and it can impact so many churches and so many people. Uh, and so to support that is very important to us. And as a pastor, that's something I also want our people to learn. I, I want them to understand that we are a part of a convention of people that literally shares the gospel around the world. The Great Commission, make disciples of all nations. And we do that through our state missions offering so so frequently. You know, so it's it's huge for reaching people. And I want our people to understand that when they give the state missions offering, they're giving directly to the advancement of the kingdom of God. That's why we're here. That's that's why we exist.
going to go a little different this morning. Oh, hey, don't fall off the stool. That'll be safer. This one doesn't latch, so be careful. Could potentially be very short this morning. I'm going to read some scripture and then offer an opportunity um, for those in the house to give a response if you'd like. And we can take responses online. Uh, in fact, when uh, let's see if I can get logged in here so I can see the comment line. Do we have anybody online this morning? We got some folks? All right. I don't know if I can do this or not. Hey, there we are. Look at that, October 25th. There I am. Look, that's me. There I am. How about that? All right. Hello, everybody online. I can see you there. We're in our last week of encouragement. You hear me? After this, no encouraging things. In fact, next week we start three weeks of gripes giving, leading up to Thanksgiving. It'll be good, I think. Maybe it'll be encouraging, I don't know. But I'm going to share a couple of passages of scripture with you this morning, and then uh, out of the second one, I'm going to pull a phrase that we've talked about a lot here. In fact, I've probably used it sometime in the last handful of weeks. It's one of my favorite places because it reminds me about how the world works and how Jesus expects us as believers to interact with that world around us. And I'm just going to pose a question to you. And then Pastor Jason's going to be on hand to... uh, to be our Maury Povich and go around to the audience. In fact, and Jason, I think I'm just gonna... Nobody knows who Phil Donahue is anymore. Uh, nobody knows who Maury Povich is either, but... Um, I'm, Jason, I'm gonna ask you to just hold the microphone for folks. That way we don't have to worry about the passing it back and forth. But if you're going to speak this morning, you have to speak into the microphone so that our online folks can hear you. Uh, and uh, so that's, those are the only rules for this morning, all right? So the first passage I want to read to you is, is the entire chapter of Psalm 116. It's not terribly long. It's uh, 19 verses. But I just want you to hear it. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy. Because he inclined his ear to me, therefore, I will call on him as long as I live. The snares of death encompassed me. The the pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish, and then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, I pray, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and, and righteous. Our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return, O my soul, to your rest, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death, my ears, my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed even when I spoke, I am greatly afflicted, I said in my alarm, and and all mankind are liars. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? I will will lift up the cup of salvation. Call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious In the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, I am your servant. You have loosed my bonds, and I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, Jerusalem, 
Praise the Lord. There's a couple of things I want to pull out of this passage. When the psalmist here calls out to the Lord, and and this is a psalm of David talking about times when he's been maybe at the end of a sword or at the bottom of his own sin. In those times when he cried out to the Lord because he says he suffered distress and anguish. Notice that he talks about how he's physically suffering. He's emotionally suffering. His his pain and his anguish are of this world, but the thing for which he thanks the Lord for is not removing his suffering. It's not deleting his anguish. It's not necessarily calming the physical pain. It is for, he says, I praise the Lord for delivering my soul. And it harkens back to the things we've talked about these past several weeks about our our refuge is found in Christ, but it is not always, and maybe some would say, I mean, you could look at some lives and say, not, sometimes not even often is it a rescue from our earthly circumstances and the things that we are enduring or the things that we are suffering. But it is a rescue for our soul that provides, as I think I talked about last week, the well of joy that comes from salvation the peace that passes understanding, the peace that Jason talked about a couple of weeks ago that is found only as we walk with Christ. There's no guarantee, there's no promise, there's no for sure that our circumstances will change, but instead that God can change us within our circumstances. I think it's so important to remember that because it's easy. I mean, we're, we're fleshly beings. We're tethered here to this, this firmament, this earth, this ground upon which we stand. We're tethered to it in so many ways through relationships and, and through literally the grounding of our feet on the places where we stand. And uh, we walk outside and we feel the cold or the heat. We smell the smells of the air. We see the faces of our loved ones. We see the faces of our enemies, if you will. We, we're surrounded by this fleshly, temporal existence. But you know, the word temporal means earthly, world, fleshly. Same root of the word temporary. The earth withers, the grass fades. But the word, Jesus, the word of God stands forever. It's important for us to be people of, of Christ who are, who are dual-minded in some ways, if you will, that we understand our existence here on earth, but our mind is really set on the kingdom of heaven. Not only the kingdom of heaven that is around us in which we can engage as his citizens here on earth, but also the kingdom of heaven that waits for us. That's the second part I want to draw you to. Is, uh, it's kind of a shocking uh, statement, verse uh, 15. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Is that, at first glance we might think, does that mean God takes pleasure in the death of his saints? And he's not dying, so why is he talking about the death of his saints? If he just said God delivered him from so many things, why is he talking about death, and, and why does he say that God looks at it in this favorable way? But notice that word that's at the beginning of that is precious. And the psalmist is reminding us that in the circumstances that he's in, see, remember, he didn't say anywhere in here other than he delivered him from his tears, right, which is internal. He delivered him from his stumbling, which again is my own choices, the things that I do. He says, he says he was delivered of those things, but his, his circumstances, consequences, those things didn't necessarily pass away. And so why does he say that precious in the sight of God is the death of his saints? It's a reminder from the psalmist that God sees you in the midst of your struggle. And God knows the cost that we're going to pay and that he has not forgotten us. 
And just like it's, a, it's an echo of, of the words that Jesus speaks to us about the, the fields that are clothed in such beauty, and yet how much more beautiful are we before God? The, every sparrow that falls that God knows, and how much more precious are we before God than every little sparrow? Your suffering, even unto death, God sees, and you are precious to him, even to the point of your death. The second passage that I want you to see today is in John, if you throw that one up for me, Sean. Chapter 16, uh, and I mentioned several weeks ago, I love this whole section of the Gospel of John. One, we get insights from John that we don't get from the other disciples because he was uh, literally described as Jesus' best friend, the disciple whom Jesus loved. There's Jesus and John, and then James and Peter. But it was Jesus and John. They really hung out. John, the Gospel of John, chapters 13, 14, 15, 16, some of the greatest things you'll read in all of what we've gathered in the Bible for us today, what God has preserved and set forth for us. Um, If you want to know about Jesus and his thinking and what he wants for you and for us as believers, you cannot start in a better place than right there. It's so rich. But here's those words I've shared with you so many, many times. I have said these things to you that in me, remember that? In me you might have peace. Jesus shared with us, uh, for I am fully persuaded that nothing can separate us from the wonderful love of Christ, right? Neither height nor depth, nor powers, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come shall separate us from the love of Christ who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus himself says it. Paul, Paul took Paul took the note, right, from Jesus. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. Ready? In this world you will have tribulation. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. And here's what I want to give you an opportunity to share. Those of you who are with us online, if you'd like to, you can type it out there and I'll, I'll share it with the group here. I wonder if any of you, and, and if, if nobody rises to this, it's fine. We're just going to sit in this text and just let it sit there. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Do you... Have a time that you would share that you have seen the work of God overcome the world. And I want you to keep it brief. We don't, we don't need a, an additional sermon here. But is there anything that you might share? Or is there something in your life right now that you're saying, man, I really wish God would overcome this. And maybe we could pray about it right here. And even if no one jumps up to share, that's where I want you to be in your heart. And maybe it'll just be between you and God today that you thank him, that you celebrate him, that you revere him as the psalmist did for rescuing you. Or maybe you have been struggling with something and you've been doing it on your own and you finally take it and lay it before the Lord and say, all right, I need, you've overcome the world. I need you to do something with this. And, and remember, his promise is not to solve your problems. It is to be with you and perhaps change you in the midst of your problems. To rescue your soul not necessarily your flesh. 
And I'm just going to let it sit there for a few minutes. Well, I've, I've been uh, afflicted a couple of times in my life with uh, major uh, sicknesses or illnesses. I've had uh, a large cancer of my kidney. I had to get that removed, and that was a, um, a major thing. My, my family was very disturbed about it and concerned. And I had a heart problem that I had to have a uh, heart bypass uh, uh, took four ar arteries and replaced them and that was another major thing that they, they were very concerned about but as the years have gone by I, my, my faith in God has grown more and more over the years so um, I was not completely unconcerned but I uh, through my faith I had no fear through those things I I was absolutely certain that things would work out for me, even, even if the operation was not a success. And it's that, that hope of good things to come, that faith in God through those things. I, I think it's uh, in Hebrews, what is it, 11.1, 1, where it says faith is, is, uh, is hope in, in what you believe that you don't even see. And that's what we have to have, is that faith in, in the unknown. We question sometimes. We look around and say, well, what, what are we doing being Christians? But then we have to step back and rely on our faith to uh, get us through those hard times like those sicknesses and illnesses. And realize that no matter what, he is always with us. reading in Genesis this morning about how God said let there be light and sometimes it feels like the darkness is going to overtake the light in this world and you're struggling 
and you're fighting, you feel like you're Paul, you know, you're fighting that good fight of faith and you just want to, sometimes you feel like you want to give up and you just want to quit. But God won't let you. And this morning, it just was so illuminating that God said, let there be light. And the light was there and the darkness couldn't overcome it. And that's true today. No matter how dark the world is, God's light is still there. And it's on the inside of us. And there's been some real struggles in my life since I've been here. It's so different in the big city. Things are so moving fast. And you're surrounded by so many things. And where I came from, it was quiet and peaceful. And it's been a real challenge. And it feels like the world's just coming hard against you. And there's nothing you can do to stop it. And then you stop and you sit down. And you're quiet and you hear the Lord say, Light be. And it's in you. You just have to let it. You just have to let it. I just felt really strongly the Lord wanted me to say that this morning. That's wonderful. Thank you. And the light shined before men and the darkness could not overcome it. possibility that might show up in the next couple of weeks actually in, a, in an illustrated sermon all right well I'm not seeing anything from anybody online are you Jan all right they're quiet all right Miss Deb sharing that it just um it reminded me of something i saw in my kitchen that seems like a small thing but um i was in the office working just listening to sam and jess talking in the kitchen this has been going on for weeks and i think about the the difficulty the tribulation in the world that kind of surrounds our politics our economy our the sickness everything there's just so much dark there's so much ugly in the way that it gets spread on social media and just listening to you talk about the overwhelming sense of how um just really dark is the best word how evil there's just so much and listening to sam and jess talk from two totally different points of view as we approach important decisions and listening to them respect each other and encourage each other and both have hope from two different standpoints it was a miracle, and I realized that's kind of what this is. That's, that's God showing up in a situation where you wouldn't even think it was possible. And it's anecdotal, and yet in some ways kind of huge, because it's hard right now. And I love listening. I love listening to them talk and have hope about what's coming. It's amazing. That's all. <laughs> all right. It can be surprising. It would be surprising where the light shows up, right? Um, not, not that you know me very well, uh, but uh, if you do, you know that I was, when I was out there, I was away from, I was away from God. And I was just blaming everything that happened to me on God. Every situation. Uh, not alcohol. It was him. It was God. And these past few years, uh, I've had problems, but God's pulled me through every one of them. And, uh, and it's thinking about you guys, thinking about the church, thinking about being here. It just gives me this calm. And I don't resent him. I don't, I'm not mad. I just wait for the miracle. I, wait for, I know he's going to take care of it. And he does. Every time might be a little delay, but who am I to, you know, I'm not trying to be picky here, but 
just the past few months that really enlightened me as to, as to how calmly and rationally to deal with things if you're waiting, not waiting, but you're, you know he'll take care of it. And I'm, I'm comforted, and I, fit, I find comfort in that today. And uh, just, I'm filled with God's love, and I'm just a changed person. Oh, just another minute here. Do you have something on there? Okay. <laughs> Terry Tibby says that she's trying to post something online, but she can't put it into 200 words. It's the, that's the limit. Uh, you can, Terry, you can chop it up into chunks if you want. We'll, uh, we'll work with it. This is a good time to uh, remind you as well, those here and online, actually starting next week, I guess I better figure out this process. We're supposed to start next week. But uh, we're going to offer the opportunity to uh, pose questions about the day's message. And that'll be at uh, c3aka.com slash ask. It's just a little form there. You put in the topic and like, here's my question about that. And our intention is for that to be about that Sunday's message, like in process, like you're listening. You go, hey, what about this? And then maybe we can do that. Um, so be prepared for that. Take advantage of that. And we'll figure out the process for that. That's, Sean, that's what was really making me thinking about dual monitors on that uh, on that machine right there was the fact that we have to manage that somehow. But I'll think about it this week. Was that a text from Terry? <laughs> yes. yes. All right. God knows. <laughs> well, I'll share uh, one of many, many, many many experiences with God, but this was very recent. I don't remember how many weeks ago, probably six weeks ago or so, um, I woke up on a Saturday morning, laying, just laying on my bed, I was laying on my side like this, opened my eyes when my eyes popped open. Literally, the first thought that flew through my head was, I am so sad. And I was, I could feel, I could feel the frown on my face and my spirit was heavy. And Karen could see it all over me. We didn't get along very well that day, and we usually get along pretty good. <laughs> I mean, how many years? 30, what are we, 33 now? 32, it'll be 33 in two weeks, three weeks? No, it's 2020 only. We're not in 2021 yet, are we? I keep hoping we might get there and maybe this will all be over. Yeah, so 32 years married here coming up shortly. So we've gotten along fairly well, I think. But man, I was just out of sorts. And it wasn't just, um, and, and honestly, I've never felt that way in my whole life. I, I thought, do I need, man, I, do I need to find some, a therapist? Do I need to go to see somebody? Because this, I was just so out of my element and it threw me off so significantly. And, you know, as I basically, I was just kept to myself pretty much that day. There wasn't a lot of conversation around the house. I did chores and stayed to myself. And I thought about, um, I was angry. I was angry about the world. I was angry about the way things were going in our community and in our city in different ways. I was angry about politics. I was angry about COVID and the way it had disrupted our lives, the, the lives of the camp. I thought about that. I thought about Christopher off at school and the disruption that that's caused for him and how difficult it is for him and his friends right now. I thought about Karen and the school district and classrooms and parents and administration and just the absolute chaos that those people are dealing with right now. I thought about our church, that you know people aren't, don't feel safe to come and gather and, and that we've had times where we couldn't gather at all and, and we respected that. A mandate from our uh, elected officials and, um, you know, worrying about 
finances and the health of the church and the spiritual health of the church because we we can't do small groups maybe the way that we would really like to do them and the way that we've done them in the past and and it's you know nobody's fault here that's just where we are and I was just mad but more than that I was just sad um, near tears all all day it was a Saturday preaching the next day came here and frankly preached a great sermon it was good it was encouraging it was uplifting and I went home and I went home and I went to bed just laid down on the bed and I think you'd gone out with your parents maybe for lunch or something that day I don't remember Karen came home a little while later and there I was moping in bed we chatted for a minute and she said something that, that stung, but she was right. She said, how do, you, uh, how do you reconcile getting up this morning and giving that message you just gave and then you coming here and laying in the bed? And then I punched her in the mouth. <laughs> Not really. I didn't, promise. I felt like she had punched me in the gut though. But she was right. I didn't like it. I didn't pop out of bed and go, man, that was, that was awesome. Thanks for that word, Pastor Karen. That was good. No, I rolled over and said, get away from me. What do you know? You know what you're talking about. But she was right because I'd just given you a message, given us a message about trusting in God and his faithfulness and his goodness to us. And those words that she spoke, which were really, to me, the words of the Lord, began to work in here. And it wasn't an instantaneous change. I was not instantly refreshed, and I did not instantly find and discover the peace that passes all understanding that I think I live with most of the time. But she reminded me that it was there. And over the next few days, it took a little while for the stink of that funk to get off of me. It was that deep. But I was grateful for her voice in that moment because she redirected me to places where I have directed you and directed her in these moments so many, many times. And in that moment, God met me. He did not come to me and, and neither did she. They, she wasn't shaming me. She was just telling me, listen to the words that you're telling people. Listen to your own voice if you believe that God is instructing you. And the Lord did come in that moment and begin to minister to me. But he did not come and shame me either. As the psalmist said in, in uh, 116, he heard me. And he came to me. And I can only say to you, maybe you've, maybe you've listened to this today, maybe you're listening later this week, uh, many of you log in uh, well after uh, Sunday service is over and, and join us and, and, uh, and watch the, the live stream a little bit later in the week. You're hearing this and You know, I didn't want to hear what Karen had to say in that moment, but what she was saying was the right thing. And maybe you're hearing this today, or maybe you're hearing it a little later this week, and, and, and you don't want to hear it, but it is the right thing to tell you that in this world, you will have trouble. You're not going to get away. Nobody gets out alive. Nobody gets out unscathed. You're going to have trouble. And God won't remove all of that trouble from us. But he has overcome the world. And in him there is peace that passes all understanding. In him there is light and the darkness cannot overcome it. So when things feel hopeless, when things feel uh, too, too heavy, when things are too dark, look for the Lord. Look for the light. He might be in the creation around you speaking to you. He might be in the Bible as you crack it open to read. He might be in the words of a loved one or a friend or even a stranger who points you back 
to the sufficiency of who Jesus is, even in our darkest moments. So we're going to sing one last song together this morning, and then we're going to close with a video. And I think the, the words of this song particularly are fitting. That's why I picked it, because I'm smart like that. And you can sing along with us, or maybe you want to spend this time contemplating more deeply either the ways that you've seen God move in response to your cries, or maybe that you really need to spend some time calling out to the Lord because you need him and you're not letting him into your circumstance.